impacts them every day. I think we're going to do a great job. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Modern Man Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you. And as always, we would really appreciate it if you went ahead, hit that subscribe button so you can catch a new episode every week. Share these episodes with a friend if you think that they can get value from it. And of course, leave us a rating to let us know how we're doing because we're on a mission of connecting men in pursuit of their potential. And we do that by embracing discomfort, cultivating community, and putting wind in each other's sails. We're getting wind in our sails today from Wyatt Ewing, CEO of Ice Barrel. If you have not heard about Ice Barrel, they're taking over the internet by storm, introducing the world to cold plunging. And I would love to hear more of your story. Wyatt, thank you so much for being on this on the podcast today. Hey, I appreciate you having me. I'm really excited and looking forward to this. No, absolutely, man. And obviously at the start, I want to make sure that our, our guests and their audience have an opportunity to kind of get to know each other a little bit. So please take the floor really quick, give a little bit of a back backstory as to where you came from, how you got here and, and what you do now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I currently live here in Ohio, um, born and raised in Colorado, Colorado native. Uh, love the outdoors. Uh, my wife and our three children, we spend as much of time as we can outside getting connected to nature. Uh, we love animals. Uh, we have quite a little, uh, I wouldn't call it a farm, but a little community of animals here. Uh, we got like chickens and we'll raise beef every once in a while. Uh, we own a peacock, which is super weird. Uh, we're super <laughs> passionate about um, cold therapy. Uh, we love to sit in a sauna and uh, then take an ice bath right after. Um, I got into cold therapy back around 2017. My background was in corporate aviation. I would help people buy and sell airplanes. Hmm. Uh, and I was just on like the fast track of life uh, and hit a burnout stage like way too early on. Uh, struggled with anxiety and depression growing up. And by the time my corporate life collided with, you know, just trying to figure life out at a young age. Um, I was just really left like burnt out and super stressed out for being in my early twenties. Um, and I had to hit the reset button. And mm -hmm. one day somebody recommended that I try a cold shower and I did it and changed my life. And I became quickly addicted to the cold as my physiology, uh, and my mind just really responded well to the power of cold. And I ended up one day going into the office and I called my wife and I was like, Hey, I'm going to quit today. And I'm done like living this way <laughs> and done with the stress, done with the anxiety. Like I'm going to pursue uh, a more meaningful life and share the power of cold with everybody everywhere. And this was way before cold therapy was popular or widely accepted. Mm -hmm. So I was like, the weird dude in Southern Denver, Colorado, dragging his ice barrel <laughs> to all these different gyms, races, uh, fitness centers, offering to give free ice baths out. Um, and talk about rejection. So many people are <laughs> like, no, I'm not interested. Uh, that's only for like NFL players. Uh, but through some consistency, determination, it caught on. And uh, here we are today. Um, nice. Yeah. 
Uh, man, that that's awesome. And I want to go back to, I mean, there's a couple questions I have in that, but for first the call to your wife, like, Hey, I'm quitting today. What was that conversation like? Because obviously you, we could go back into when you were exposed to cold therapy, but like in that moment when you decided like, okay, this is not it. And we, we've, we've kind of broached this subject a lot on the podcast for a lot of guys listening, you know, we walk around, maybe we're feeling unfulfilled. We wake up, we punch the clock, we're grinding, we're doing what we need to do to you know, pay the bills, support the family. But for some reason, like we have this gut feeling like, man, this isn't it. What gave you the courage to kind of just be like, nope, I'm done. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. It was kind of like this like idea of like a splinter that is working itself out. And you get to uh, the point where it's like, it's there and you just got to pull it out no matter how uncomfortable it is, you know, like ripping off a bandit. Mm -hmm. But I got to this point where, um, like I was doing a lot. I had a ton of irons in the fire. I did all sorts of different type of consulting on top of the aircraft sales on top of some real estate that I was working on. And so just like a lot of different projects and the things that I was like most passionate about and that I love the most were getting like, the least amount of my energy and attention. Um, and that would be like my family and my my own health and well-being and spending time outdoors. Like I live 15 minutes from like the most amazing mountain bike trails. And I love mountain biking, but like I was not taking any time to do that because I was just so focused in this like idea of like the hustle culture, which I think is kind of like this like cringy um, example of hard work. Yeah. Uh, but really bought into this idea that you have to push really hard. You have to constantly be like grinding. Uh, don't sleep. Don't eat. Just like work and get there wherever there is, you know. Um, so I really bought into that. And it quickly became out of balance. I think I, I was definitely predisposed to like anxiety um, as a young kid. And it was growing up. It was very, very survival based. And so when you're like, you're operating in that and you start gaining momentum, it's hard to stop. And it's hard to like get off the track uh, once you start running. Cause you know, you have that like survival instinct. So enough is never enough. So you're constantly like consume, consuming, pursuing, climbing the ladder. Um, but then when you start like getting these wins, you get these dopamine hits along the way. So it's like, you just keep going. Um, so I got to this point where I was doing all of these things and I was really burnt out mm -hmm. um, and it was really affecting my health. Uh, and it was also, and I didn't even know this, but it was really affecting my relationship uh, between my wife and I, and just like how I showed up in society. And I was just very like self-focused, self-absorbed doing the right things, right? I was really focused on providing for my family and, you know, um, achieving the dream, right? All these relative things that are good in nature and they sound admirable, but it became just very self-focused and out of balance um, that it was like a splinter. It just like, it just had to stop. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was sitting, I was sitting at my office, uh, Centennial Airport, and I was a broker um, that worked for a firm. And I just, I was sitting there and I was like, this isn't what I want. This is not the life I want to live. I'm constantly like stressed out to the point where like I'm having a hard time sleeping and there's just a rise of anxiety in me and regret and depression that, yeah, I was, I just called her up and I was like, I have to just stop. And I've always had, uh, the ability to like cut things cold Turkey in life. Um, 
and that goes both ways. Like discipline for whatever reason came fairly naturally to me. So when I committed to something, it was easy for me to do Mm -hmm. that came with a level of like extremism too. That wasn't super great. Um, (laughs) My wife always says like, you do things so extreme. You're either all in or all out. Um, A lot of us are like that. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Which I mean, there are benefits to it when you know that about yourself, you're probably more particular of what you go all in on and you're, you're able to sounds like when you realize that splinter, you were able to go all out and all out was what really opens up the opportunity because it's almost oxymoronic to think, you know, this job that was probably giving you an income, paying the bills or whatnot was also standing in the way of the things that you enjoy because we, we also justify the hustle because, you know, when I get there, I can do this. When I get to X, I can do Y. And it's like that story I heard about, you know, the, the fisherman who would was in Mexico or something, he would go fishing, feed his family and play, uh, play the banjo or play guitar. And this businessman is like, Oh man, you're an amazing fisherman. You should open up a dock and do this. And the guy's like, why? And he's like, because then you can open multiple locations and you have a whole franchise. Like, why? He's like, because then you'll make all this money, then you retire, and then you can fish, feed your family, and then play the guitar. He's like, I do that now. So yeah. we we gotta get lost in that hustle culture. Um, and and that does play a lot into the survival mechanisms that we have, the anxiety that a lot of us feel, the stress of meeting a deadline at work, which our bodies can't tell the difference between re- meeting a deadline at work or getting attacked by a saber-toothed tiger. It's, yeah. it's all cortisol being released in our brains. So uh, talk about when you mentioned the, the depression, the anxiety and the stress, and then you're, when you got exposed to cold therapy, how all of that changed, because we've seen some of the research and, and again, myself being an amateur and have barely even touched the surface of cold therapy, probably already looking at some communities around my my city in Charlotte that have cold plunges on the weekends that my friends have been telling me, you got to come. This is probably going to be what tips me over the edge. But talk about, you know, the depression, the anxiety, the stress. And then when you got exposed to that cold shower, how that changed everything for you. Yeah. So again, the the way anxiety showed up in me, which I think was so interesting is a lot of us at times find ourselves being impatient, impatient with ourselves, impatient with uh, others, impatient with where we are in life, how fast we're moving, right? We'll, we'll measure ourselves like I'm not where I thought I would be. I'm not here fast enough. We get really hard on ourselves. So like the anxiety expressed itself through that. And a lot of that as well was just like this repressed anger of like having these expectations on myself that I need to be somewhere where I'm not. And if you feed yourself that story over and over and over again, like you're never doing enough, no matter how much you're doing in your mind, it's never enough. So I had to, um, I had to reset that. And I also early on, I found myself breathing and responding out of this like fight or flight response that my breath was like shallow. I was like hypervigilant. I was on guard. Part of that came with the territory of negotiating aircraft deals. Like you have to be so on and the devil's in the details. Mm. And um, it's very like dog eat dog. So uh, part of that came with the job, but also how that translated over to like making breakfast in the morning and like the impatience there. And, you know, just like daily living that should be easy and enjoyable, like was just becoming stressful. And like, so anxiety just started taking over when I started exposing my body to cold water. 
it became so I became so present. It was like my body was saying like, Hey, I'm here, come back to me. And so like when you go into that extreme state, it's immediate presence. Mm. So now you're able to like re-regulate the mind, the body, you're resetting the hormones, activating the nervous system. And at the end of the day, like you're resetting the stress response in the body that doing these daily tasks and some, even like somebody pulling it out in front of you while you're driving, that's not stress. Stress is really cold water. Stress is getting attacked by a bear, right? Those things are stressful. So when you, when you reset that and you start retraining your mind and body, that normal living isn't stressful, like normal conflict with humans isn't stressful. Like there are these levels of like actual stress that should activate the nerve, the sympathetic nervous system. And there are, you know, uh, rest and repair that activates the parasympathetic nervous system. So as we like retrain those to respond properly, because like our modern conveniences have made certain things, um, stressful that should never be stressful. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's, that's, that reminds me of like when the, someone's like, okay, you know, my finger hurts and it's like, I can make sure that your finger doesn't hurt. You step on their toe. And then suddenly yeah. they focus on the toe, not the finger. That's, right. that's the presence, right? The, what's aching you, what's hitting you is your body responding and telling you, worry about this. And I could see how the cold puts you in an immediate sense of, okay, this is where I am. What's going through your mind where, I mean, so you mentioned going through rejection. I could just imagine, I, I have this mental picture of you tra- it's like having this ice barrel and you're at the races, you're at the gyms, like, hey, you want to jump in this tub of ice? Like, I can only imagine some of the reactions that you get asking some of that. Even I told a friend beforehand, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm recording this podcast. Have you heard about ice barrel? Have you ever done cold plunges? He was like, no, why would I do a cold plunge? And <laughs> what was it yeah. like convincing people like, hey, jump in this cold plunge and then what goes through your mind when you're in the water you mentioned kind of resetting and everything but i'm interested to know like what that process is actually like because i imagine your body screaming get out yeah for sure the first like couple of cold showers i was i was very reluctant to the encouragement to take a cold shower to manage stress and anxiety. I was very reluctant to it, but I was also very desperate uh, for a change that I was like, Hey, I'm willing to try anything twice. And Mm -hmm. I, uh, I got in and they were hard. Like it was not comfortable. And, uh, but when I got out, I felt amazing. And so I used that experience when I was introducing anybody to cold that like, just suffer with me for five minutes And this will be the hardest part of your day. Everything else becomes so much more simple. Mm. Like, let's do this hard thing together. And if you get out and you're not feeling good, like I'll give you $500. And that is a standing offer. I've early in the early days, you know, people would almost like, what is it? Heckle? Is is that the term? Uh, You know, like haggle or haggle. Yeah. I'm like (laughs) standing up there talking about the benefits of cold therapy and people are all but booing because they just thought it looked so odd and so extreme. Um, again, it's not like that anymore by any stretch. Cold therapy is very widely adopted, but early on people just thought it was so unusual because I would just show up with a bunch of ice and sit in this, you know, barrel, um, for a long period of time, uh, just demonstrating, you know, the practice and then get out and explain like what my body's doing and how it feels. And, um, yeah, I would just offer anybody, Hey, if you want to come get in the ice barrel and if you get out and you hate it, 
and you don't, you're not smiling, I'll give you $500. And I've never paid out the $500. Like mm-hmm. everybody comes out smiling and they feel good. They get all these incredible endorphins and hormone releases that um, it's just incredible. But when you're in there to answer your question, like, um, yeah, I mean, you're everything in you wants to get out because you're in a very uncomfortable environment. Uh, but you're just reconditioning the brain. So you're focused on the breath, you're focused on your intention, and you just ease into it. And then you do build up cold habituation, which is where the body uh, starts responding differently to the cold. And it takes it's not as uncomfortable. And Mm -hmm. it takes time to activate the shiver response in the body. Um, And then your body starts to crave it because it's very healing and therapeutic. You know, short term benefits of cold therapy is pain reduction, anti-inflammation and just uh, improvement in your overall mood and brain function. Uh, consistent ice baths help reduce anxiety and depression and long uh, uses of cold therapy also stave off cognitive decline over time. So Mm -hmm. the benefits really stack on themselves and the body really enjoys that. If you think about it, cold, uh, hot water is a relatively new invention. We didn't have hot water a hundred years ago. So when we would bathe, wash our hands, get water on the body, it was generally fairly cold. And, uh, and we were used to that and it was good for us where now you, these modern comforts and hot water has taken these primitive, um, practices and have pushed them far away. Yeah. Turn the shower cold tonight. Yeah. It's like my wife, she, she brushes her teeth with warm water. I still don't understand it, but, (laughs) but yeah, Yeah. to your point, I've done the cold showers and there was a time where the cold shower wasn't cold anymore. Like I remember turning it cold and and I would cheat. I would like take a normal shower. And then at the end I would turn it all the way cold and I'm like, (gasps) and then I would count to 30. Then I got to the point where I'm counting to 60. And then I got to the point where I'm like, Oh, uh, cold. Does it get any colder? Does it get any colder? And my body kind of got used to it. I actually enjoyed it after a while. And now I obviously I think the next step would be jumping in a tub of ice for for that exposure. There's also a great book. You might have read it about uh, what doesn't kill us. And it talks about how humans used to be able to withstand uh, the extreme cold, the heat and and all these fluctuations. And what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. So we have been kind of spoiled a little bit by the comforts of modern day. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, when it comes to the ice bath exposure, there's also uh, immune system benefits too, because I know this was huge during the pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. Their exposure to cold temperatures, even outside uh, cold water immersion also boosts the immune system significantly. Yeah, absolutely. It does. It definitely makes you stronger. My wife and I have will have this ongoing conversation if the kids should wear coats outside, right? The motherly (laughs) nurturing instinct always wants to wrap up and bundle up the kids. And I'm like, no, take the coats off, you know, go outside in shorts. Yeah. So yeah. And how long do you sit in the water generally? Like five minutes, six minutes? Yeah. So again, I've built up a tolerance to the cold. Uh, You should definitely start with whatever's comfortable. I don't recommend ever pushing it. It's just something you do consistently and regularly and you'll naturally build up a tolerance. So starting out, you know, if you're in water, that's around 55 degrees. um, That's like a great starting point and go in for a minute and see how you feel. Uh, Over time, you can increase the time and lower the temperature. 
my sweet spot right now, like my routine uh, would be four to six minutes in the ice and my preferred temperature, which I know it's you're like, how do you even quantify it? But I've been doing it for so long between like 42 and 46 degrees. My barrels sit at 44 degrees consistently. I say barrels. I have two next to each other. Um, that way I can plunge next to my wife or if a friend's over or something like that. Um, but yeah, so four to six minutes at 44 degrees is what I do. Nice. I love that. And it kind of like you mentioned, I could try anything twice. I'm pretty sure any of us could probably try something for one minute. If it's 55 degree water for one minute, that's a very, very low barrier of entry for anybody listening or watching to just experience, right? And just try it out. And I think there'd there'd be a lot of uh, benefits to it. I love how much you mentioned, you know, me and my wife, and it sounds like there's a very unified vision in, in the way that you guys live and you and the three kids. How do you balance the the business and family? Because it, it sounds as though a lot of that is kind of almost working hand in hand with each other. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, I think for uh, my wife, Abby and I, uh, we find that when we do things, um, in a unified mind, it just flows so much better. And that comes down to a lot about, you know, for us, like the belief that we have in our marriage and what that means. And so in our uniquenesses and in our different roles, when we come together and we realize like we kind of have like a one mind, one goal, uh, it just flows so much easier. Um, so family is extremely important to both of us. And uh, it's extremely meaningful to us to raise our kids and to show them um, a, a peaceful way of life uh, is how we like to look at it that, you know, we're, we're looking to live in a, a, a balance uh, in this world. And we're here to serve others and to take care of each other. And so um yeah, it's just really important for us to show balance uh, to our kids, both with how um, Abby and I interact and then also how we interact in the world. Uh, so I work from home. Um, I do have like we do have a headquarters and an office, um, but a lot of times I work from home and um, I'm just really careful about what gets onto my calendar. Um, when we're saying no to something, we're saying yes to something else every time. So I'm just very protective of the time that I allocate um, to all places. And I'm just very cognizant of that. Uh, every time I say yes to something outside of family, um, you know, I, I want to make sure that that's intentional time and it's productive. Um, so yeah, I, it is, it is, we, it's gotten really cohesive. Um, it took a lot of work, right. And mm-hmm. it was not always in balance. Like I was saying back in like 2017, it was very out of balance. I was probably working, you know, 60 to 80 hours a week and spending very little time, uh, with my family. And, um, yeah, you just miss so much yeah. and you can do the same amount of work in less time uh, when you get effective and you get really, really dialed in and what your vision is. Um, at my height, I had seven streams of income and I, right. Cause that was like the ideal, uh, that when you're in that hustle culture, you just want like all these flows coming in. And I realized that if I got really focused on, you know, like reducing those and spending more time in these other areas than those streams of income would actually like increase as I minimize them. 
So you just have to get smart about like how you want to work and function and what the end goal is. So between Abby and I, we're just really focused uh, on what the end goal is. And so it really makes working together, even in our differences and our individualities, really easy. Yeah. And with that in mind, I appreciate the time even more so. And Abby, I promise we're going to be respectful of his time <laughs> as well. Um, I, I want to talk about a couple of routines I, I saw that you have really quick. One, that when you have the opportunity watching the sunrise and watching the sunset, and you mentioned your love of nature or whatnot, what's the reason behind that? And what do you find that that you get from being able to kind of wake up and take in the sunrise and sunset? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our environment around us, uh, nature, the outdoors, like we're way more connected to it than we realize. And if we can get anchored and grounded into the earth and into the land, um, we just express a much higher um, form and balance. Being able to get up in the morning and watch the sunrise, again, it brings you to this present state um, that is so valuable because that's all we have. Right. We don't have the past and we don't have the future. All we have with those are the memories and the projections. And those things aren't real. What is real is that present moment. So starting the day in a state of presence and groundedness is so, so valuable to me. Mm -hmm. um, and it also kind of when you from a, like a philosophical standpoint, it pulls you out of this like um, moment of like everything's about me and it's my life. And you're, you realize that like, you're part of like a huge uh, universe. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's like, wow, I'm watching the sunrise and the sun rising, it's rising for everybody. It's not just rising for me, mm -hmm. you know? And so like, it just, it gives me this sense of like how expansive and um, great life is. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I love doing it with the kids. I dragged them out of bed the other day. It was like super early. And I was like, you guys got to see this. And we call it the golden hour at our home. Yeah. And uh, all the kids got up and we all sat on the steps and wrapped up in blankets. And we just watched the sunrise together. Yeah, man, that's what it's all about. Like, I mean, I, I studied meteorology. I work as a meteorologist. And when, when folks sometimes ask, like, you know, what got you into that? And what do you enjoy about it? And I was like, it's always, a, it's a reminder of how little and small and really insignificant yeah. I am, where, you know, when you're looking at these massive weather systems that honestly, I could forecast it all I want, but it's always going to do what it wants to do. It's going to prove me wrong sometimes. And at the end of the day, uh, a lot of people, I love talking to people about, oh, what would you want more in the forecast? And they're like, I wish you could just zone in like right here where my house is. And like a lot of people talk about like, I didn't see rain today. And I'm like, there are so many people that I'm forecasting for. And these storms are the size of cities. But so many people yeah. think about their personal experience with the weather. And it's, it's eye opening to see that because I see how it affects everybody. And it's just a reminder that what I see is not what a lot of people experience. And maybe I need to get out of my own head a little bit and kind of broaden my horizons and my perspective into really what's going on in the world around me. Um, yeah, that's I, I love that. I actually so I don't have the weather app on my phone and I don't watch the weather. And that was very mm -hmm. intentional because I wanted to live like cohesively with the weather, not fight against it or plan my days according to it. Because yeah. it's going to do what it's going to do, whether I'm aware of it or not. And I don't want to like limit my experiences based on what the weather is doing. So no, that, there's a double-edged sword there. I've been caught in a lot of rainstorms, but I've had a lot more experiences that I never would have had. 
Yeah. Hey, dancing in the rain. And that was what was beautiful about doing 75 hard is go outside no matter what the weather is. And yeah. people think I'm crazy when I'm not working. I don't know what the weather is. I'm not checking yeah, the weather. <laughs> like, people are like, oh, what's the weather going to be? Like, I don't know. I haven't worked for a couple of days. I'm, I'm not looking at it when I'm not at work. But that's that's also playing to being present. And yeah. sure, I might have the skill to forecast, but I'll do it when I have to, when it's necessary. Yeah. But just because I'm on the weekend doesn't mean I'm going to keep checking my phone. Um, I want to talk about the the mouth shut, the the taping your uh, mouth. mouth, you, <laughs> yeah, mouth tape. Uh, yeah. yeah. Talk about that because I know you do some breath work too. And I mean, I've learned that that's really important in, in how we breathe. Yeah, absolutely. For most of us humans, we should just be breathing through our nose um, unless we're talking or eating. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's kind of across the board. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of us have been trained to just be mouth breathers and it doesn't promote... Um, it doesn't promote healthy breathing, especially like how we breathe so much differently through our nose than through our mouths. And it's way more effective and efficient to breathe through the nose. And we lose a lot of uh, health benefits and breath benefits through breathing through the mouth. Um, so what I have done to train my mouth to stay closed, unless I'm talking or eating, is just to tape it shut. And over time, you do become very cognizant of it. And you'll notice when your mouth is open. Um, so at night, I sleep, and I put a piece of mouth tape over it. Um, and even if I'm on an airplane, I'll do that. And I, like this one time, this guy walked up next to me. And he's like, he was like, look at this guy, he looks like a hostage. <laughs> right? It's like my mouth was taped shut. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you. I just sleep so much better uh, when my mouth is taped. Nice. I think you just gave my wife an idea. <laughs> uh, one last question. <laughs> there you go. Um, why? I mean, the company's ice bucket. It's it's taking over the internet. I'm seeing a lot of the ads, and I want folks to be able to check it out, try it out, follow on Instagram, follow some of what you do as well, and and maybe even get themselves in Ice Plunge. What's the best way they can, they can find your stuff, man? Yeah, so the best way would be to go to the website at www.icebarrel.com. Uh, and then also go check out our Instagram page. Um, we have an amazing social media team, and we've just collected a lot of great content from our customers and our ambassadors to really showcase what our brand is about, as well as um, how to use cold therapy effectively. Um, we have amazing protocols, the science, um, you can just do a deep dive. Uh, and it's a lot of fun, you get to see a lot of people uh, get really uncomfortable with uh, or getting really comfortable with being uncomfortable. So mm -hmm. it's a lot of fun. Those are the two best places to check us out. And hey, one of the pillars here at Modern Man, we talk about embracing discomfort because that's where the growth happens. And I encourage everybody to maybe embrace that discomfort by introducing a little cold in their lives. Uh, Wyatt, I got one last question before we wrap it up. But uh, and this is usually the heaviest question. I always save it for last. What's something that's maybe happened in your life or in your experience, something that you've seen that shapes the way you you view or see the world as a man? Hmm. That's a great question. Um, you know, uh, I think a unique answer in this is, um, I think, uh, so I grew up um, where it was frowned upon to be 
and maybe aggressive and assertive as a man. And I think in our culture, that has also been taken um, maybe out of context and out of balance. Uh, but there is something very healthy, uh, something very healing, and uh, something very natural about the male aggression and assertion. And that done um in balance and healthily is a great force to protect provide and add value uh mm -hmm. to your family yourself and your society so i think that is um something that i had to learn didn't come very naturally to me i, I was on the other side and came across uh relatively uh passive um in order to gain affection and appreciation uh but as i have grown um, as a man, uh, I've really learned that you need that male aggression and assertiveness in order to effectively protect, bond, grow, support, uh, your family and society. So yeah. that's my, that's my answer. I love it, man. Perfect answer. And I can, I can, I can kind of relate in terms of my upbringing. It was more, I was timid and, and, and a little bit silent. And for me, it was working out as the gym that kind of helped unleash some of that aimed aggression and really seeing the power and the the beauty within it and balancing it too. you know, learning the strength, but also when to be gentle. And, and it's, it's the one, two that we never really get guided and taught on. So I, I love that answer, man. I Ewing CEO of ice barrel. I appreciate the time and, and thank you so much for, for sharing your, your experience, your journey and, and your product and really your knowledge with the world, because you're helping so many people through their stress, through their anxiety, and of course, through their recovery. So we do appreciate it, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm going to recap some of the, the gems you left along the way really quick, because I know a lot of people are probably driving or, or working, working out while they're listening. And if you are working out, maybe find that ice barrel so you can get yourself a nice recovery afterwards. But the splinter, sometimes it just needs to come out. If you're stuck in that hustle, hustle culture, if you're on that endless treadmill of trying to find the next thing, and if you're living impatient, you're probably feeling that anxiety that comes along with it, the stress that comes along with it. If you're programmed to be thought of, I need to be somewhere where I'm not, wherever you are, is not where you want to be, then that's going to be an unhealthy mindset to be in. And that's what's going to play into that anxiety. Immediate uh, press, uh, uh, immediate presence, what you feel getting in that ice bucket as, as Wyatt was saying, once he had that cold shower, it gave immediate presence. And it's an amazing thing when you feel present. A lot of people might see this book over my shoulder, breaking the habit of being yourself. Dr. Joe Dispenza says, you know, if you're anxious, you're probably living in the future. If you're depressed, you're probably living in the past. The, the cure is probably somewhere in the present. And as Wyatt even says, you know, all we have that's real is the present. And of course, a unified mind talking about the, the, the vision that Wyatt and his wife, Abby have together and how they use that to be in, uh, intentional about the time and how they spend it, whether it be together or apart. If you're saying no to something, you're saying yes to something else. If you're saying yes to something, you're also saying no to something else. And then breathing with intention. So many people don't breathe with intention. We might be breathing through our mouths, or there are some people who go through periods of the day where they actually hold their breath because they're stressed. You're not serving your body doing that. So learning to pay attention to your breath, learning to be present, and maybe cold therapy might just be that ticket that gets you where you need to be. 
We appreciate you guys rocking with us to the end. Wyatt, we appreciate you as well. And we thank you for the uh, product of Ice Barrel that you have given to the world. And I'm going to encourage you folks to share this episode with somebody that you know can get benefit from it too. Don't be afraid of the ice bucket challenge. Don't be afraid of the cold plunge and the cold therapy. It can do so much good for you if you can learn how to be just a little uncomfortable. Leave us a rating to let us know how we're doing. And as always, hit that subscribe button so you can get a new episode each and every single week. As we always say at the end, guys, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain, but you can't get the pleasure without first the pain. Let's grow. 